Welcome to Pop Culture Hangfire with Christian and Gabriel. The podcast where we catch up my friend Gabe on everything he missed during the formative years that he was homeschooled and sheltered from just about anything that had to do with fun. All right, Gabe. The year is 1998. All right. Titanic dominates the Oscars with 11 awards from the previous year. President Bill Clinton is impeached. That good thing that'll never happen again to a president. No, never. Well, yeah. The <laughs> the EU agrees on one currency, and it's the euro. Minimum wage was $5.15 for Americans, and a CD player, a portable CD player, cost $34. Oh, man. I feel a little bit different about my portable CD players in retrospect. Right? So, Gabe, 1998, where are you in life? Okay, so I'm living in Rancho Cucamonga. Still, right? You haven't moved since 92, right? Uh, I, since, from 92, yeah, I did. I moved from San Bernardino. Oh, San Bernardino. Okay, Rancho Cruz. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know. Same neighborhood. Vicinity. It's similar, but, you know, still Southern California vibes. I am, what grade would I be in? Sixth grade? Wasn't in, yeah, something like that. Well, Um, quote unquote, right? Because the homeschooling. I still had to move through the, like, you know, I still had to. What? Demonstrate proficiencies, so equivalent. Okay, no, I got a diploma. Wait, I got, I got. Well, yeah, you can get a diploma at 15 years old if you like, you know, pass the test. The GED. A diploma or a GED? Oh, wait, hang on. Before we get to that, so could you have been held back a grade in in your uh, in your homeschooling? I I imagine, yeah, but like I had to pass a test. Did you know anyone who had been held back a grade? Uh, no. Mm. I, I think first mm. of all, sample size is, is is small. And the other thing would be that uh the the freedom like you get to play to your strengths a little bit. Um particularly like so like I, instead of like in high school when you'd have to like, you know, there's like a bit of elective stuff and all that, you could kind of you could kind of choose your path a little bit. Like my brother did a ton of math. My brother was doing like calculus and stuff in high school because he wanted to. And I was literally, I was the opposite. I was like, what's the minimum amount of math that I have to do to graduate? I was like, what part, like, what do I have to test on? Geometry. (laughs) Not It's geometry. Yeah, that was exactly it. (laughs) (laughs) That is the correct answer. Because I was like, okay, we're stopping there. Like, I don't want to do anything after geometry. I was in 10th grade and I had the exact same question for my counselor as we were prepping for the 11th grade. And uh, we got to math and he said well you've completed geometry so you can continue if you want or you can get an elective and i said elective please yeah exactly because no because math is pointless well i mean geometry was useful technically to both of our there was a certain amount of uh Mm. geometry and there was angles there's more angles than anything else hang on though so i i will agree with you that the geeks (laughs) the fdc in our the the in our oh, so you had a guy for that <laughs> yeah we had a guy we had a team for that 
They would. So here's the thing. Look, mortar man. We we put down that mortar. We get it ready. We get it leveled, and pointing in the right direction. The F FTC FCC FCC um, FCC right. Fire control. Fire something control. It's got to be one of those two. We just call them geeks. <laughs> <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. I I remember we had to do back asms and stuff, and I was like, all right, all right. At least at least the friggin degrees and angles are coming in handy but you had to calculate that stuff not that it was that it's not high level math but it's uh my high school math served me well yeah again we just called them geeks dude they were just they were the smart mortars (laughs) it literally didn't become an assaultment because there was a math test so no uh, we didn't have to do the math the fcc geeks in the back did all the math for us and then they gave us the coordinates we put it into our sites and then we we dropped some rounds. We, we, you know, we gave him some, what is it? Some steel rain, some death from above. But yeah, no, no math or geometry for me, sir. I, uh, I remember specifically choosing my, my job based on avoiding a math test because I was an open contract infantry. And during infantry school, they separated us out by qualification, right? So first class fitness and expert marksman, they said you get to choose wherever you want to be out of this list like what do you want to do and it was mortarman and i was like "Ooh, like (laughs) you basically just carry a bunch of extra stuff you know i was like it's a cool job but i was like i know better than that we hike everywhere like i'm not i'm not gonna i don't want to carry base plates around i was like tick that one off immediately then i was like oh man like assaultman that sounds cool they get to use like the javelin and like you know this is pretty this is pretty cool stuff and they're like yep there's there's a little math test at the beginning here and uh you know, to make sure. And I was just like, no, nope, never mind. I was like, not, nah, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna have math in, in combat determine my life, you know, what's going on. So I was like, skip. And so that's how I became a machine gunner. Cause I was like, Hey, there's a machine gunner. All right. That's us then. What? Aim, <laughs> aim, squeeze the trigger, aim, squeeze the trigger and change, accuracy by volume and, and change the, change the barrel when it gets hot. <laughs> and we have like, you have a guy for that. I mean, sometimes you're the guy, I guess the A gunner, but yeah, you have a guy. <laughs> So, oh yeah, so this, uh, man, we, we went off track. So this started with, mm-hmm. like, uh, can you even be held back a grade in homeschooling? Right, yes. Because you, so you again, can, like. Because they're. But, but technically. Okay, so it depends on your group. I was going to say, it but technically, group, according right. to your numbers, no one ever did in your group. California is particularly stringent about its requirements for homeschooling. And I remember hearing complaints about this, about how, like, they make you jump through a lot of hoops and, and do a lot of um, proof to pr- prove that you are educating and that you are up to standard. So California is a, uh, a stickler, apparently, of states when it comes to that. And on top of that, so we had to be actually part of a a group that was had qualification to be a school. Like, they had to submit to mm. be a school and have the organizational stuff right, and submit right. the paperwork. So... All right, I um, believe you, Gabe. So you're in the seventh grade, 1998. <laughs> yeah, somewhere about there. Yeah, yeah. I'm living in Ranch Cucamonga, living my best life. Let's see. Yeah, I didn't think of it. Like, you know, I remember, like, we didn't, I don't remember if we were yet worrying about Y2K, because I remember that became a big thing. I don't know oh, if we were right. preparing yet. We did get water drums for that, because everything was going to fail. Let's let's save the Y2K talk for 99, because <laughs> that's, <laughs> sure that's an interesting <laughs> one. happening. That's an interesting one. So it may have started already if there was rumblings of it. So late in 98, at least. <laughs> All right. Uh, I, 98, am graduating, not am, graduated high school, had a wonderful summer, and took off to boot camp in October. I went to, I did go to my prom. 
I, what else did happen in 98? 98, uh, our family bought our first house in South Central LA. Mm. Yeah, we were moving on up. made it. Yeah. And I think that was it. I think, yeah. I think those are the things that were happening in 98. Movies in 1998. So we're going to touch up on some of the top grocers of 98. The grossest movies, as Gabe calls them. (laughs) Um, And now, this means that the movie made a bunch of money in 98. Doesn't necessarily mean it came out in 98. And then the ones that I skip is because we're going to actually talk about them on the podcast. So number one top grossing movie of 98 was Titanic. It was released in December of 97. Um, There's something about Mary. Remember that little comedy? That one came out in 98. Dr. Doolittle, The Water Boy, Goodwill Hunting came out in December of 97, A Bug's Life, As Good As It Gets, Mulan, just to name a few of the of the big grossing movies of that before we go into the the movies we're going to discuss. So the What first, did the what did the top grossing movie make? Oh, Titanic? Yeah, yeah, what was the what was the benchmark in 98? Oh, uh, you know, 600 million dollars. Did that that one held a record for a while, didn't it? It did, I think. Had to. I think it held the record. I think it held the record until Avatar came out. Yeah, or, every girl I'd ever met. Or hang on, so I think era. it was Titanic, Avatar, and like the the Star Wars, right? Phantom Menace, I think, when it came yeah, yeah, out, yeah. it killed it. But hey, you know what? We have the internet, my friend. Um, and I think Aven- Avengers eventually got there too, right? Yep. So yeah, no, like every girl I'd ever met from the era of being able to see that movie at that time saw it like at least a couple times. So that's how it hit that record. Oh, here's a here's a fun fact. I've never fully seen Titanic. I've never seen it at yeah. all. Like I've seen like I think the closest I've come is like the the it would play on TV, right? Like at a certain point and you might see like a clip and be like, you know, like, oh, I recognize that this is Titanic because of the clip and then on to the next channel. Yep. So Avatar 2.8 billion. <laughs> Avengers Endgame 2.7 billion, Titanic 2.2 billion, Star Wars Episode 8 uh, 7 The Force Awakens 2 2 billion, Avengers Infinity War 2 billion, Jurassic World from 2015 1.6 billion, Lion King 1.6 billion, The Avengers 1.5. This is a surprising one. Furious 7 uh 1.1 <laughs> billion all right for those late additions to the franchise i mean right part seven okay I, that's another one where like i, I imagine when did that franchise start that had to start somewhere in so here. i want to say that it started see those movies all the time right i feel like that should be a recurring <laughs> i want to say that started late 90s early 2000s i want to okay. say that that's when those this movies is a little late out. for us we might we might catch the first one i think within the next three years in movies, the movie Blade came out in 98. Oh, man. That was going to take a while to see, but but boy, did I see it. And you know what? It's one of those rare movies outside of Batman, Superman, and Spider-Man that, uh, that was a successful Marvel movie, huh? If you think about it. Prior to the, to the cinematic universe we know today, yeah, no, it... Uh... It was, uh, it was, it wasn't, uh, it was commercially successful too, it wasn't was, it? It was, yeah, because they, 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 yeah, they, yeah. they did three. Yeah, that's uh, ahead of its time. Now, because this one might be a little historical, maybe your parents were cool with it. Saving Private Ryan. So that took a little while. I did not see that one initially. It got props for historical accuracy, I think, when when the time came. But also, it was 
it was uh, at its time considered to be very violent. <laughs> like, not just like sci-fi violent, but like for real violent. For real you know, violent. Those, the stories of actually, you know, having people that were there, like, you know, break down and like did not see it in, in theaters or initially there. I do remember seeing at the store the, the two VHS. Oh, yeah, it was one of those, right? Where you had to, yeah. like, I remember the first experience I had with that was, like, it was either Scarface or Braveheart that I remember renting the movie. And I was like, what is this? There's <laughs> a built-in intermission. It was crazy. Rush Hour comes out in 1998. Oh, man, Rush Hour was good. It was. It's It spawned uh, three movies also. And I think it was that it was that because uh, because I remember before that Chris Tucker had done very small roles, right? Like uh, the movie Friday. He had had very small roles in other movies. This was his Fifth b- Element happened yet? Ninety eight. I want to say if it didn't happen, it happened right after that. Let's see here. Yeah, I wonder. I'm curious. I wonder if he was he got that before or if he got it because that's a that's a memorable memorable role. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Fifth Element came out in '97. It looks like. Oh, released. Oh, '97, and this was '98. So yeah. So I guess uh, this. Was How about that? There you go. Probably pre, what pre fame. Probably what helped. And uh, and and remember, on the same time, you had the explosion of of um of Jackie Chan in the states because Rumble in the Bo- yeah. Rumble in the Bronx came out, and then he followed it up with. His U.S. breakout. Yeah, because I, I know it was Rumble in the Bronx, and then one more movie, and th- and int- introduced everybody or to the American market because he had already been huge, right, uh, all mm-hmm. over the world. Then Rush Hour, and then you get like Shanghai Noon. So he he got a because Shanghai Noon he got three movies out of that one too. So it was an introduction of like you know this is the new this is the new star, and they they was such a odd couple. Uh, movie and it was so perfectly done. I actually do have a story of Rush Hour. In '97, when I first started talking to recruiters, they were on on uh, in Hollywood on the street called Yucca, and I remember going to visit the recruiting office and bumping into uh, into Chris Tucker in the scene. There's the scene where where they stop to get that that burritos or something, and and um, and they, they, you know, they, they park in, and it's this little shack in the street. I remember I bumped into him and didn't think twice. Like, oh, hey, it's Chris Tucker. Kept going. A year later when I watched the movie, I was like, oh, that's what they were filming there. So I remember that happened. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, I remember that happening in, 90, in 98. So, yeah, Rush Hour came out in 98. And then and the only reason why we're talking about this movie is because of our Marines and pop culture episode. For those of you who haven't listened, you should. It's a great episode. Uh, part two part two parter episodes when my training boot camp class went to the theater to watch a movie for Thanksgiving, they went to watch Lethal Weapon Four, and I sacrificed not going because I had already seen it because Lethal Weapon Four came out in 1998, <laughs> and I saw Lethal it, Weapon. I saw it that summer, so that when when November came along and they went to see it. I had already seen old it. news. Yeah, so it was old news. I uh, I did not see Lethal Weapon uh, until it had to be it was a little bit later, like a few years later, probably before my my mom actually loves movies, and 
as time would go on, like that was that was a pastime that we enjoyed. Was, is she would she would get them back in? Okay, so you used to have like Hollywood Video, so Blockbuster and Hollywood Video. We did we were a Hollywood Video family. Okay. Um, we didn't do Blockbuster. I don't know why. Maybe go local chain because I would assume Hollywood Video was the more localized given the name. She would pick up like you know they'd sell off the extra copies. You know, at a bargain price, you know, after a, a couple months, like a movie, like, you know, initially at a release, they'd have a ton of a co- a copies of a movie to rent and then you wouldn't need so many anymore. Mm-hmm. She'd buy like the bargain bin resale movies like that was one way she'd do it. She'd like buy some movies and then, you know, they're worth keeping. You keep them. If not, you know, you donate them or give them away or or whatever. Take them somewhere. My mom loves movies. And so we, we ended up watching a lot. Like uh, once I got a bit older. We'd, we'd watch movies. That was, a, that was a pastime. At this point, though, I didn't see my introduction to Jackie Chan came a little bit later. Um, my best friend in uh, in high school, he introduced. I think we started. I remember Drunken Master. Like we started a little bit older. And that was uh, that was early 90s, too. Yeah. Yeah. So we started watching. And then like once once we started, I was like, you know, go through the catalog like Project A. Like we were watching all anyway. Super so I, I think it took me a couple years to see Rush Hour. But that's always had um, uh, a special place. Like I like that movie a lot. The first one specifically. Yeah. So moving on to popular TV shows or TV shows, I should say popular TV shows uh, to name a few ER friends and Frasier. I never watched friends. Frasier just wasn't my thing. ER just wasn't my thing. So even though these were some of the, some of the top shows, I didn't watch any of them. You, I didn't watch any of them either. And I think, I want to say that for as far as medical stuff, so like medical was one thing that also would make it through, right? My mom um, was a nurse for like 40 years, somewhere around there. Okay, just um, 40? Yeah, no big deal. Uh, and so medical stuff she liked, but she also wanted things to be like realistic. Like it's ha- having a professional of whatever profession watch the thing, like it can really take you out of the moment if there's not, if it doesn't like mm. fit. So we, we would tend to watch things that were... Um, more documentary okay. i think okay because i imagine er like again i hadn't seen it like it's it's got to be more of a tv show type thing than a. I imagine so yeah i mean yeah. just like any t any tv show right i mean to this day i think they say scrubs is the most medically accurate tv show, that was, show yeah, yeah. that was a tv that was a comedy for crying out loud so you can only imagine how far off er was <laughs> they couldn't even get the x-ray right <laughs> that's a good one um TV shows that ended in 98, the big one, uh, Seinfeld, the finale, which brought in like the highest viewing uh, numbers of all time. I was never a Seinfeld fan to this day. I have never been a Seinfeld fan. Nothing against the show, just was never on my uh, on my radar. And, and, my exposure and as a kid to that was... Go ahead. My dad was a big Seinfeld fan, and yeah. I have since, as an adult, seen the entire series probably three times through. Holy um, cow. I am a fan. My dad would watch it. And that was one of those things that he would watch in his office. Like we weren't allowed to see it. So he either had, he had this like mini TV that he would use uh, sometimes, or he'd be in his office. And so sometimes you get to sneak a little bit of it. Right. But so I saw snippets of it as a kid. I didn't get to uh, enjoy it more thoroughly until, until later, but I'm a fan. The, the tidbit I read recently, I read something about how, so, um, they had the finale, right? They made it, it's a big deal, and they closed everything up. I guess Seinfeld was offered five million an episode to do another season afterwards. Jesus! And at that point, 
up to that point, so at the end of the series, he was making a million an episode. Right. And there's like 20 episodes in a season or so. It's, like, it's one of those shows that has a ton of, it's not just, yeah. you know, he said no because he didn't want to compromise the uh, uh, integrity of the of the show. Like they had tied it up. They'd done their finale. He didn't want to come back and do it. So, all right. Wow. Turned down five million an episode. But I mean, that's you know Dave Chappelle season three, right, or season four, right? Like same thing. Same thing. Like at a certain point, it's just you know, nope. You, nope. Step by step, did you watch or know about that show? No. That ended in uh, in uh, in '98. This was. This, again, it was one of those shows that was part of like the Full House, Family Matters, those type uh, okay. of. So step by step, if I remember, it was it was very much like a a, a Brady Bunch format, if I recall, right? Yeah. It, it was on for like seven seasons. It was part of like uh, CBS's TGIF. Thank God it's Friday night, and they had like a couple yeah. of different a couple of different shows. But basically, the male had three children. And then he met a widowed female who also had like three children. And then, you know, that was uh, the taking care of the family step by step. So that ended huh. in uh, in 1998. We also had even across my radar. Yeah. It, but it, it was, I remember it being like one of those shows that like it was like four shows between eight and ten half hour shows, half hour sitcoms. And they, they all kind of fell into that into that um, TGIF uh, primetime. Do you recall a show called Singled Out on MTV, if I remember right? No. This was a, a dating show that was really popular for M- MTV for like four or five years. But like the person picking the date would come in blindfolded and there was like 50 people, 50 women, if he was a man and the opposite. And as he would say what he didn't like or whatever the format was for each stage, different people would leave until he was left with like, you know. But I, re- I remember watching that show and it was funny. And I remember like Jenny McCarthy, I think that's where she got her start as far as like getting into TV and movies. Interesting. Um, yeah. And Chris Hardwick, who is now like the nerdist, right? I don't know. Uh, let me, I should look at this and see when it comes up because I wonder if we'll get to it. Because um, like I didn't get to see a lot of like regular. Oh, this does come up later. So I won't talk about it now. Okay. All right. All right. We'll save that that gem. And then did you ever watch a movie from the 80s called Weird Science? I know of it. I don't think I saw it. So in 93 they or 94, they started a TV show called Weird Science. It was actually on for four, four years, five years, and that ended oh, in 98. This, by the way, this show was so, doing the research, I found out about it, but I actually never even had heard that there was a TV show called Weird Science. Yeah, I remember having heard Weird Science, but like I think it was the movie. The movie, the yeah. You know, like the big yeah. one. Now, TV shows that started in 98, this is the big one that everybody's going to remember from 1998, but Sex and the City. Uh, I actually watched that show after it ended. I was, I was, uh, I forgot how I started watching it, but it's actually a really well-written show. I was surprised how well-written it was to the point where I actually watched the first movie and I was like, oh, not as good. But I was actually a fan of the writing of that show. I thought it was really well done. And they had so many iconic actors come through that show. So I actually did watch it after it was over, though, on DVD. On DVD. That's one that, like, I was cognizant of from the advertising. Like, the advertising definitely made it through. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was I was aware. Um, did not see it at any point. But that was something that that filtered through. I was I was definitely aware of it. It was a popular enough show. Yeah, yeah. 
Uh, that 70s show debuted in 1998. I was a huge fan of that show, even back then. I That's another one that I did not see until probably, I think it had to have been, been done. Um, I wasn't, I didn't get to watch it till later. I think I, uh, my brother had like pirated it and I, and so I was able to watch the whole thing. And, uh, that's another show that I, I think I've seen it in its entirety, probably about three times. Oh, wow. I've certainly seen it, twice. I've seen it once. And, uh, Will and Grace also debuts in 98. I was, I never watched the whole show, but every time I caught an episode, I always thought it was funny. I, I thought it was actually a pretty funny show. Two people that came out of that show that to this day I still find funny and I still listen or watch whatever they do is um, uh, Megan Mullaney. M- Mullaney, no, Megan. Hang on, let me make sure I said her name. Say her name right. Mulally, Milal- right? Mulally. You got me. Megan Mulally. She was the. Um, she played the uh, the secretary on that show, but she steals that show. And she's also happens to be the wife of uh, Offerman, Nick Offerman. Oh, okay. Yeah, but she was uh, she played Karen on that show. Again, she was better than the 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 main actors, right? I, I feel anyway. And then the other person that I that I caught on on that show was Sean Hayes, who I love their, his podcast right now, um, Smartless. It's one of the funniest things. But it's one of those people that I'm like, oh, I, I really enjoyed their work. To if you asked me who the other who Will and Grace were, can't remember, don't care about them. But the two supporting actors were the ones that always stood out to me. I thought it was a wonderful show. And and again, at the time, think about it, in 98, uh, you know, you had an openly uh, gay characters on there. You know, now it's very common. But back then it was uh, it was a big deal. Yeah, no, that was another show that like did not see it, didn't have, still haven't watched it, but like the the advertising, it was a big enough thing that it filtered through. Like I was, I I knew of it. The last uh, show that started in '98 that we'll discuss is, and it's actually relevant now, which is kind of cool. Um, the uh, anime Cowboy Bebop. Did you, I'm I'm 90 percent sure that because even I didn't watch it when it came out. I watched it way later, way later. And it's it's relevant now because it's coming back as a live action show on Netflix, which is kind of cool. And it didn't get yeah. white, and it didn't get whitewashed. <laughs> <laughs> Rest in peace, I, ghost, uh, in, ghost in the Shell. Oh jeez, um, I did, of course, didn't see it at the time. I think it would have probably been two thousand like three or four, maybe two thousand. Actually, could have been two thousand two, somewhere in there in that window. Um, I we I actually bought the DVD set with my best oh, friend wow. we, we split it we bought it because it was like we knew of it and it was like that good and so we bought it so that we could have you know it, it was harder at that point to pirate things and uh it was you know we bought it we bought a copy of it um hopefully he still has it that'd be neat but uh we we, we bought it so we could watch and that was that was probably my gateway for anime i think oh. that was probably like the first anime that i, I watched like all the way so this has the uh, Firefly effect to me where I watched the movie first. So I watched Serenity and then I went back to the TV show Firefly. So with this, I watched the the Cowboy Bebop movie, thought it was the coolest fucking thing ever, and then ended up going back and watching the TV show. So there you go. Moving on. I am curious oh. to see about how the, the, the modern incarnation is going to be. Moving on to people who died in 1998. This was a this was a. a, a 
let me say a good year for us, but a bad year for celebrities. <laughs> so old blue eyes, Mr. Frank Sinatra passed away in 1998. I was never a f big fan of Sinatra, like a lot of people have been, but I appreciate what he did for music and for entertainment. And basically the fact that we would not have, we basically wouldn't have uh, Las Vegas without people like him. Right. You know? I think yeah, one I'm of, in the same camp. I think one of the coolest stories that I heard about him was that when at the height of the Rat Pack, you know, Frank Sinatra, uh, Sammy Davis Jr., Dean Martin, and uh, the traitor, the fourth guy, I forget his name. At their height, you know, they were performing everywhere. And, um, it, you know, this was still the, the 60s. There were places where... Uh, they would go to, and I guess, uh, you know, the hotel was like, you know, Sammy Davis can't stay here. And uh, Frank Sinatra was like, well, if he doesn't stay here, we don't play here. Like, and it was that much pull where it was like, oh, I guess he, I guess he's staying here. Because you're like, <laughs> guess you're not, <laughs> not going to fucking lose the Rat Pack just because of that. No, I, th I thought that was a very cool thing. And then the, in the in the history books, right, um, it is believed that thanks to Frank Sinatra, John F. Kennedy got elected president. <laughs> In the lore, oh yeah, oh yeah. So Frank Sinatra's connections, and that's that's where that's where like the the uh, the controversy of the fourth member of the Rat Pack, which I'm gonna Joey have, Bishop, Joey Bishop, John F. K. knew that he can get. Well, again, it's it's you know it's a conspiracy theory, but it's 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 pretty factual. He used Frank Sinatra and his mob ties. To help him get elected. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. I think this is this is now a recurring theme too. Uh, JFK uh, conspiracy theories. This is gonna. This is gonna yeah, yeah. <laughs> so what ended up happening was, and and Sinatra's always been incredible about loyalty. And what ended up happening is that once you know John F. Kennedy became president, Frank Sinatra would have had access to the White House, but John F. Kennedy, as president, could no longer associate himself with somebody like Frank Sinatra. <laughs> So he uh, kind of uh, he kind of uh, ousted him, and um, Joey Bishop though he picked Kennedy to stay with and ended up marrying a Kennedy and stayed within the family. So basically, like Sinatra was like, "You're both dead to me," you know, at that point. So wow. Again, please, no one take this as fact. Please look it up yourself. But John F. Kennedy would not have been elected president without the help of Frank Sinatra and John F. Kennedy betrayed him and backstabbed him and got rid of him after he was done using him and poor old you know blue eyes took it very hard is all i'm saying for those of you who have listened to five episodes all five of our episodes probably to our biggest fan hey cat <laughs> you know who, how much this next person means to me and, and he passed away in 98 uh akira karuzawa passed away in 1998 he lived an amazing life there was no regrets but you know sad to see him go you're going to be familiar with this person, so I'm going to say the name. Lloyd Bridges. Yep. Yeah, he passed away in 98. For those of you who don't know Lloyd Bridges, you might know him for his later work, like Hot Shots Part Duh. <laughs> and Part like, duh. Duh. <laughs> And so he made comedies. He was in Airplane, which is a fantastic movie, and he was awesome in that. But he was also like an actor from the 50s. He's also father to, um, to Bo Bridges and uh, Jeff Bridges. Uh, passed away in 98. And then the big one that happened in 98, and it's such a terrible story of how it happened, too. Uh, Phil Hartman passed away in, in 98. 
And the reason why I say it's such a terrible story is, do you know the story of how he passed? I don't think I do. His wife shot and killed him and then killed herself, murdered or suicide. Damn. Yeah. What yeah. provoked that? So it seems like they they were not doing great. It also had to do with and they were not doing great because of her her um drug and alcohol problems. She had been clean and sober for a while. She had relapsed a couple of times and I think it had affected their marriage quite a bit. And I think one night she just kind of, you know, plow plow. Uh left Damn, that's that's the rare one. Usually it's the guy when you have that situation. That is Usually. that was a statistical anomaly. Damn. Yeah. But then again, I mean, didn't um was it Marvin Gaye that was shot by his father? Or yeah, I think it was Marvin Gaye that was shot by his own father. So Yeah, yeah but again, the Yeah, the you're guy. right. Statistically. Statistically, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's uh that's uh a, a tragic one. He was he was so so funny, man. I like that straight man comedy that he had, that deadpan comedy. Man, that thing was was uh impressive. Uh he was great in in Saturday Night Live. Uh one of my favorite scenes that I remember from the movie So I Married an Axe Murderer with Mike Myers where he plays um tour guide at Alcatraz where he tells the story of Capone. And just his monotone, his like very much like a radio voice from the 1940s and 50s, you know, like from news yeah. radio. Oh, my God. He was so funny, man. That straight pan acting was was just amazing by him. His uh, his Bill Clinton and SNL was also one of the funniest things uh, I remember watching. So passed on music. 98 was a good year for music, let me tell you. A lot of different music came out in '98, and uh, and we were all we we're all very thankful for it. Britney Spears and 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 Sync both debuted in '98, and you know what that did to music, right? On the opposite end, Kid Rock and Corn also <laughs> debut in '98. <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, not not Corn. Corn released "Follow the Leader," which is one of their biggest albums okay, yeah, of yeah. all time. But Kid Rock debuts in '98. So you got NSYNC and Britney Spears, and you've got Corn <laughs> and Kid Rock, you know, like just topping the charts. At the same time, and they didn't debut, but, you know, like Limp Biscuit was already big. 98, dude, was a fantastic year. You have DMX, who also debuts in 98. And whether you're a fan of rap or not, you couldn't have gotten away from DMX. You still can't get away no. from DMX now. From They still use his music. Yeah. And, um, a huge album for me that came out in '98 that I still, I still really appreciate is "Hello Nasty" by the by the um, the Beastie Boys, with, with that damn catchy ass song "Intergalactic." Ooh, <laughs> man! Intergalactic's one that comes up in karaoke. Oh, why wouldn't it? Technology and toys, 1998. Google was founded in 1998, by the way. Significantly older than Google. <laughs> the first Apple iMac comes out in '98. Oh man! Do you remember was that, that the one? That was like the the colorful, like the it was just a monitor, a monitor, and it, it had, had everything, everything in, in it. it. Yeah, I remember. I, I I've never been a Mac fan, so I've never owned one. But even I remember thinking, "Man, that looks so cool and futuristic." Yeah, they were. Uh, they they were always good at the marketing and the design. They were. They were. The uh, Furbies are released in 1998, and somehow, dude, 1.8 million units are sold. 
what did like who I just the the design meeting for that thing. I just fly on the wall. I want to know. Okay, design meeting and purpose. What was the intent of that toy? Like it did nothing. It had to to aggravate parents, right? Didn't it blink? Like it's literally. You remember that? You know that toy for like little kids? That's the um, you 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 roll it, the wheels, and it pops, and it it throws a little. It's got the little dome, Mm -hmm. and pops, Mm -hmm. and makes a lot of noise. It's like that for like someone who's a little older. It's like how do we aggravate parents to just make noise? I don't remember the Furby being annoying. I just don't remember the purpose of the Furby. (laughs) (laughs) Like, what were you going to get out of this? Was that one of the things that you had to like fight at Christmas initially? Like parents were like slugging each other for? Probably, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. I think it was. I wouldn't be surprised. I I remember Tickle Me Elmo one year being a thing that parents were like actually physically assaulting each other for. I think Furbies were as well. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, Anything that gets adults to, to, to harm each other in the pursuit of a gift for their children, that's a successful toy. That sounds right. The first MP3 players released in Japan in 1998, which, you know, for the next next eight years, though, that's going to revolutionize everything before cell phones start to do that for you. (laughs) Right. Before it all becomes a single device. It comes it it gets it comes out in 98 in Japan and then in 99, it floods the world, basically. The MP3 player. Dude, I remember my first MP3 player barely held like more than no, it didn't even hold more than 50 songs. Yeah, it it had to like. I mean, we we kind of we touched on that in another episode where I talked about like my first MP3 player for I was doing audiobooks and like it was so it was I had to, I had to upgrade relatively quickly because they didn't hold enough. Yeah, yeah. Okay, with the time we have left, let's go ahead and go into some of our celebrity gossip to close off this episode. Uh, the big couple of 1998 is Brad. Pitt and Jennifer Aniston, they are like the biggest thing. Now, they they don't break up and they don't start, but they're still like the most well-known couple of 1998. I feel good about them. I think they're going to make it. I think so, too. I think so, too. Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman marry in 1998. That's it. I don't think I... Right? I don't remember that either. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just picturing that. It's an interesting pair. It is, right? It is. Here's a good one. Here's a good one. Dennis Rodman and Carmen Electra marry in 1998. Remember yeah. when, when Carmen Electra was like everywhere? Do, was that was yeah, that on your radar? I do. In I I hundred percent remember. And now nobody remembers. Dennis Rodman. I mean, he's still in the news because he's friends with like North Korea and leaders, right? He, Basically, he's friend with North Korea. Yeah, he's their one friend. Well, him and Steven Seagal, right? <laughs> <laughs> Steven Seagal. Pretty sure just any dictator in the world, Steven Seagal. Gonna go shake their hand. Eat a carrot. Uh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> and uh, in '98, Roseanne Barr divorces her third husband. The fact that she married. Like, <laughs> like I just don't. I don't understand what's happening. I I always was because I remember watching the movie um, True Lies, right? Yeah. Um, and I remember that was the first time I think I I, I knew about um, Tom Arnold. I remember uh, watching that movie. And I was like, "Oh right, this guy was married to um, to Roseanne Barr, right?" And I was like, "Oh okay." And they were married for I think a couple years, and th- he was her second husband, if I recall. Um, but I think they they were married for like maybe four years or two years or something like that. Which I mean, it's like dog years in Hollywood. That's that's a decent 
you know. Yeah, and it it, it wasn't even a year later when she married her um her I think the dude worked for her and they ended up getting married and you know two three years later they got divorced and um, she just like any interview I've heard she seems so abrasive. She does seem, but here's the thing though. You know what? I remember uh, the Roseanne show. I was never the biggest fan of the show. I watched a few episodes. But I remember the the importance of that show where it was a woman-led show. Yeah. And the fact that they made it through the first season with all the obstacles that she had, the fact that it became such a huge, successful TV show, and then she was able to run it the way she wanted to, where she was empowering more female writers and directors and stuff like that, I totally, totally appreciate everything she did. But fair. third husband, it's no longer them. It's you is all I'm saying. <laughs> also fair. Just going to put that out there. All right, Gabe. Uh, thoughts on 1998 so far? So, uh, yeah, there's there's a lot more in 98 that I would at least eventually see. Uh, things that have, be, that have been uh, fairly impactful, you know, I've, the shows that I've watched multiple times through. Um, and in Seinfeld's case, that is a lot of episodes. Um, Oh, music, music that that I, I recognize. Yeah, it's uh, ninety eight was a busy year. I can't think. It's I know I always like I I know that's the year that Google came out, but like it's so weird to think of your pre Google time. I know, right? And like post Google. And and in the further in the later episodes, we're gonna talk about like the well, no, we can say it now. Like like the pop even when you think about the popular websites at the time, right? In ninety eight, you had like AOL, you had Yahoo, you had MSN. You had Netscape and you had like GeoCities, you know, all of these things did what eventually Google becomes. So I, I'm, think, uh, I think it was one of those things nowadays, that just needed to happen. I'm legitimately annoyed if the homepage when I open a browser is in Google. Like if it's a different <laughs> search engine, I'm, I'm actively annoyed. <laughs> so they did it. You did it, guys. Congratulations. How dare you? But yeah, I think uh, I, I agree with you. I, I, I know 98 was a big year for me personally. And it's easy for me to remember that year because, again, between graduating high school, yeah. joining the Marine Corps boot camp and all that stuff, you know, Lethal Weapon 4. I mean, how could you forget 98 after, after all that? But yeah. So uh, next week, we'll continue with our um, episode two of 1998. Thank you, everybody, uh, for listening to uh, Pop Culture Hangfire. Have a good one.